in this one little verse, and this little verse has so much to say. And uh, it's in Matthew 1.21, and it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from his sins. This is actually what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus coming to save us from our sins. It's not about gifts. I remember growing up in a home where there was a lot of strife, but every Christmas my dad would bring a short Christmas message, a short devotion and a prayer. And later I met family because you know, get married and the family becomes extended. And some of them were not interested in the gospel, in, in Jesus, because Christmas was so commercial to them. And that was, was sometimes not pleasant. So I would offer to have a service with family on Christmas Day. Some would purposely come late. Some wouldn't come at all until it was time to, to eat and uh, festivities and that kind of a thing. Well, that's their story. But for, for me, this whole commercial thing becomes pretty irksome. And, and when we talk about the Christmas messages and look at people's faces, you don't see the joy that you see when they're opening the presents. And when they're giving one another gifts, you don't see it. It's like, come on, let's just get it over with and let's get to the main thing. Well, the main thing is Jesus. Amen. Who gave his life for us so that we could have a relationship with the living God. And I was really blessed that Lucas kind of like preached along these lines last week. Um, so, the second uh, title for my message, or the actual title for my message, is What's in a Name? Amen. Now, um, there was a, a, a story about a, a group of students that were graduating with a journalistic sort of like degree. And their professor said to them in his last speech, he said, when you go out and get a story, make sure you get the names of the people that you're writing about. Because there is news in the name. And the greater the name, the greater the news. That's true. You know what I mean? If you get somebody that's really big mess up, everybody enjoys reading about them. But we have something that's even greater than that. We have Jesus who came from heaven, became a man, a baby, so that he could grow as a man, identify with us, fully God, fully man, and yet we need to look at that name. So my first thing, first point this morning is the glorious name um, of Jesus. And uh, I think that's the main emphasis for me is is the name. And I'm going to read some stuff that people have written about him 
because I think it's important. We really need to focus on Jesus and really remember who he is and the impact that he's had on people. There's people in persecuted lands today that are celebrating Jesus in extremely difficult situations. And yet they are glorifying Jesus. They are thankful for what Jesus has done for them on the cross. And yet when we come into our lands of freedom, where we have freedom to express the gospel, where we have freedom to worship, the people are not so excited about Jesus. Because they become more down in the materialism of this world, caught up in the materialism of this world. So I just want us to, to, to just focus on the name and what this name is meant to be and so on. So the angel announced, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. So what is conjured up in your mind when you think about Jesus? Shakespeare asked Juliet, through Juliet, what in a name? There's much in a name when you think about certain periods through history. You think about them and when you hear that name, you associate it with something, right? So when we think about Herod, we think about the cruelty of Herod. That because he was jealous that a king was born, that he went and he killed all the children. Cruelty and insecurity. In the name of Alexander the Great, there is conquest. That he conquered so much and he changed so much of what this world is like and he even prepared the way for Christ. In the name of death, Demosthenes, he was a 4th century Greek political figure, but he was well known for his eloquence and his ability to speak and to influence people. In the name of Beethoven, there is music. When you think about the beautiful music that Beethoven just plucked out of the air and he wrote down for, for, for many to enjoy years, centuries later. Um, there is Judas and you think of treachery. There is Hitler and you think of um, genocide and barbarism. In the name of Churchill, there is statesmanship because he was the one that pulled England through in the Second World War. He encouraged the people to stand up against the Germans. In Moulton, there is poetry, but what will we say about the name of Jesus? And the name of Jesus is the most vaunted name. There is no name like Jesus in history. Anybody can talk about all the gods, Buddha cannot compare. Muhammad cannot compare. Allah cannot compare. There is no God that can compare with the name of Jesus. He has the name above every name and every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And so through the generations or through the centuries, Millions upon millions of people 
at the name of Jesus. Some have hated the name of Jesus, but others have loved him and given their lives for him and lived out their testimonies. In the, in the Gospels, we see that the name is mentioned 542 times. In the whole New Testament, it is 975 times the name of Jesus is mentioned. And in more recent history, there's a man called John Newton. And we've all heard of John Newton because he, wrote, he was the man that wrote Amazing Grace. And there was good reason for that. Because John Newton was a very vile man. He was a wretched man. He was an evil person. He left a host of illegitimate babies up and down the coast of Africa. And he was a slave trader. He took slaves from Africa to the Americas. And the funny thing about it, he was the slave of a black woman who was married to a slave trader. And so he was from what we would call from the pits of hell. That when he turned the grace corner and that when God touched his life, and he understood the full assurance of God's pardon and forgiveness. He wrote these words. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes his sorrows and heals his wounds and drives away his fear. It makes the spirit whole and calms the troubled breast. Tis manner to the hungry soul and to the weary rest. Dear name, the rock on which I build, my shield and my hiding place, my never-failing treasury filled with boundless stores of grace. Jesus, my shepherd, guardian, friend, my prophet, priest, and king, my Lord, my life, my way, my end, accept the praise I bring. Weak is the effort of my heart, and cold my warmest thought. But when I see thee as thou art, I'll praise thee as I ought. Till then, I would thy love proclaim with every fleeting breath. And may the music of thy name refresh my soul even. Oh. 
people that had a real revelation and understanding of who God was. And it's my desire this morning that we have that revelation, that ongoing revelation in our lives of who Jesus is. You know that our hearts don't get seduced by the things of this world. Charles Reese's brother, founder of the Methodist Church, wrote volumes of hymnal poetry about Jesus. Just a little sample. Jesus, the name high over all in hell, or earth or sky, angels and men before it fall, and devils fear and fly. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that births our sorrows cease. Tis music in the sinner's ears, tis life and joy and peace. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. He, and he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. For Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Is Jesus the sweetest name that you know? Think about it. Is it your wife? Is it your child? Is it your mom? Is it a friend? Because some people really love others and they will compromise in their love for others. Because Jesus isn't actually the sweetest name they know. Are you with me? And it's true that we will do these things. Lydia Baxter wrote, There is no name so sweet on earth, no name so near in heaven. The name before his wondrous birth to Christ, the Savior given. Was Gabriel first that did proclaim to his most blessed mother that name which now and evermore we praise above all other? And when he hung upon the tree, they wrote his name above him, that all might see the reason we forevermore must love him. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will, it will joy and comfort give you. Take it then, wherever you go. Take the name of Jesus ever as a shield from every sin. If temptations round you gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. Christ is the name, the name, 
and he saves by the way of the cross. Sweetest note in seraph song, sweetest name on mortal tongue, sweetest carol ever sung, Jesus, blessed Jesus. Oh, and there's a few more, but I think I'll stop. But it's just beautiful to see the impact that the name of Jesus, that what Jesus had done on the cross for us, has had on people through the centuries. And they've written it down for our edification and for us to meditate and to think on outside of Scripture. And it is indeed beautiful that God has done this for us. So, a person that receives that kind of attraction to his name, a person who gets that kind of attention for his name, a person who receives that kind of appreciation for his name, a person who kindles that kind of affection by his name, a person who receives those affirmations for his name, a person to whom such adoration rises because of his name is not just any person, right? It's only Jesus that can get such accolades from the human heart once it's been touched by gospel grace. So if you wish to challenge that, let's put your name there. Say you die today and in five years will we be singing your praises? Probably just a dim memory in our hearts and minds. But Jesus died and rose again 2,000 years ago and people are still singing his praise. People are still trying to stamp out that musical name of Jesus because it has such an influence in the world today. It's an incredible name, Jesus. So when we think of Jesus, we think of somebody awfully important and awfully huge. Something that I can't fully comprehend. I sometimes sit to think about heaven and when I'm, because I'm in, on earth, it's like kind of hard to grasp a place without sin, a place without temptation, a place where it's just perfect. And there's none of that human yuck up there. It's different. And I have this body that's pure and glorified and like that of Jesus. And it's just something that's amazing. So the name of Jesus in history is only virtuous name. The name of every other person in history except this one has the fingerprints of Satan smeared all over When Adam and Eve fell, we fell. I mean, there is no one like Jesus. So all of these people born in these religions and all these great religious leaders, they were born. They were born sinners. That's why Jesus came to save them. If only they would listen, but their pride, the pride of Satan, has robbed them of what God wants to do in their lives. Thinking that some of them are gods. When I was in India, one of the things that stood out to me after 
people that are like demigods. They think that they're gods. People come and worship them and give offerings and do all kinds of stuff. But they're just human beings and they're going to die and their bones are going to rot. And they will be resurrected to not what they will want, but what they deserve. Because they tried to steal the glory from God. The name above every name. So, every one's name, or every person has been stained indelibly by sin. But Jesus, not one stain, just pure. So the name of Jesus is history's most valuable name. And we will never fully know how valuable that name is. But it is the most valuable name 